Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Peasy Show brought to you by Sonic. You can listen to every episode of the Easy Peasy Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you usually listen to your podcast on. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Now let's get into the episode. Today is July 26, 2023, and uh, on today's episode of the Easy Peasy Show, we talk about some big contract news across all kinds of sports, NBA and NFL, big names, getting some big money. Uh, we also discuss the um, the shocking news of Bronny James um, out of USC on Monday, apparently, and um, it's good news that he's okay, obviously, and uh, we talk about it more, but the cardiac arrest and everything and um you know prayers to the james family first and foremost and um yeah it's a good thing it's a good thing he's all good now for the most part he's recovered and lastly we talk about some college football some preseason predictions we get started with what should be the most fun conference to watch this season and that's the big 10 we give our breakdown of the East and West divisions, uh, share our big winners, big losers, share a couple of uh, future bets also. And so, uh, yeah, that and much more will be discussed on today's episode. What's up, everybody? It's Peyton here. We'll get we'll get going on this podcast. First thing we want to talk about today is, man, it was a busy day in sports yesterday um, with all the, the big contract signings starting off with uh, Jalen Brown, five-year, $304 million. Mm. Um, a lot of people uh, disagree with that. Mm. Uh, I, I will say I probably won. Mm. Um, I know Ben Shapiro is, mm. but um, Celtics fans around the globe are happy, I think. Um, going then Leading up to uh, Saquon finally signing, just a one-year deal for $11 million, and then finally capping it off today was uh, Justin Herbert signing a five-year, $262.5 million contract. Um, good for the Chargers locking up their quarterback, their franchise quarterback of the future. Uh, I, I, I mean, although I'm an LSU and Burrow fan, actually, of course, uh, Justin Herbert's one of the – definitely cemented himself as one of the top players in the game, definitely one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Um so good on the Chargers for locking up their guy. Um, I guess, you know, Brad Stevens also feels the same way. If you're a Celtics fan, Brad Stevens feels the same way about Jalen Brown. So props to him for being able to lock up his guy. Uh, $304 million fully guaranteed. <laughs> that's, uh, that's something to behold right there. Uh, Zach, how do you feel about that? Uh, is it fully guaranteed or is it like worth up to $304 million? I'm almost positive that it's fully guaranteed. Well, the price of basketball players just went up. Um, and, you know, essentially these teams, if they feel like there's a certain player there that's going to bring them that championship, then, of course, they're going to do anything to lock them down. Um, if you want to talk about a certain player's worth, I guess I'm not really in a position to do that, but I will say uh, wholly overpay. And it just um, <laughs> doesn't really make much sense to pay that man that much money. Because now I don't know. This well, is he's, gonna, he's not the best on his team, right? No, I don't think so. And by the way, I just looked it up. It is fully guaranteed. It's fully guaranteed. Jeez. 304. That's 69. I think towards the end of his contract. I know it goes by percentages per year. Um, I believe it's 69 million in his last year. I mean, not to, not to say he's a good player. You know, he is. He, um, no left. Mm, 
that's just an absurd amount of money for a player who's not the best on the team, who is shown to be turnover happy in very clutch moments. Um, I mean, let's 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 be real. I mean, they they really relied on him in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals Game Seven this year, and for lack of a better term, he really flopped. I mean, eight turnovers in a crucial game. I, I don't know. That's the last we saw of him. So obviously, recency bias is going to be a thing. But man, that's not what you want to see from your. I mean, at this point, he's a, your franchise player now. That's not what you want to see from him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, nice. I mean, the Celtics. Uh, it looks like they got about what a two, three year window now with Porzingis coming on the team that they're really pushing for this championship. So I mean, like I, said, I get the move, I get paying the man, so he has to stay on your team. What? I don't know. I don't know why. Why? Why pay him that much? I'm not entirely sure. It just a whole lot of money for someone who's not your primary man. And for a guy who's not going to be double teamed, you know, every night, he's not going to be the guy you give the ball to in the last possession unless Tatum is getting triple teamed, you know. I mean, <laughs> and even then, you're dumping it down to Porzingis, you know. So you're saying Jalen Brown's your number three guy, Celtics? Uh, I don't know. I'd like to see how Porzingis fits in first. Then I could comfortably say which, you know, one way or the other, how he's going to fit in. As far as yeah, you no know, doubt, um, ball handler. I mean, well, who? Let me let me think. Balls. Who 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 they got? Is there, yes, who who they have their, their starting five? What is it? It's going to be Tatum. Marcus Smart. No, they traded right. him. He, no, they traded oh, him. That's right, they did trade. So I'm saying, I got to figure out who they still have on their team. They still have Robert Williams. I believe so, but Porzingis would probably boot him to the, the bench, right? I mean, I don't know if you really want to. You could put Porzingis at the four. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't know. I mean, you, I don't know. Who, who it's going to be interesting. <laughs> I, I really liked Derek Marcus White. Smart with the Celtics, though. I, I really did. I think Marcus Smart was kind of the glue that held them together. And they traded him to the Grizzlies, pretty sure. Yes, I, I do remember that. Slip, slip my mind. Yes, it's been a crazy offseason in the NBA. And, um, for sure. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously the Celtics are definitely going to be contenders. So, I mean, you really can't. I guess the only thing you can complain about is the price of the contract, and that's obviously what most people are going to complain about, not really the player himself. So, all in all, good deal. Not really. The right deal, probably so. I mean, Celtics are probably going to win a championship in the next two or three years. Granted, really, the NBA runs through the West right now, but – you know, I mean, out of the yeah. Sixers, Celtics, and the Bucks. I mean, that's about. Am I missing a team for the East? Maybe Heat. Heat. No, no, I mean serious, seriously, seriously, seriously. <laughs> Lillard to the to Miami, maybe. Oh yeah, if that still happens, if that still happens, the Heat are definitely going to be real contenders. I'm not saying you know it was impressive as an eight seed what they did in the championship this last year. Or what they did in the well, playoffs, let's be honest, I should they say. They weren't really a but, true eight seed. They, they came to the playoffs with a lot of injuries, and they went through the season with a lot of injuries. I mean, that was your number one seed in the East last year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and they really didn't lose a whole whole lot. So, yeah, they came in as an eight seed, but they were. I think everybody knows that they were a lot better than an eight seed. All right. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I guess I'll. Uh, 
I'll put it like this. I wouldn't expect a team that has Adebayo to be able to stop uh, Embiid, <laughs> to stop Giannis, or to stop who, who's, who's the other team I mentioned for the East. Porzingis or Williams, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he can stop. Uh, he can stop one or the other, but not both of them. And that's what I'm saying. It'd be interesting yeah. to see what that Celtics lineup is going to look like. I'm pretty sure Celtics fans out there kind of have an idea of what it's going to look like. I just can't think of the roster off the top of my head and what the depth looks like. Because if depth's an issue, then yes, Porzingis will be at the five, and they'll slide Williams to the bench just to have that you know strong contribution. Um, oh, did Malcolm Brock? Is Malcolm Brogdon still there? Did they trade him. I don't know. I don't know. Regardless, um, the West is a lot more competitive than the East in the NBA this year. Um, but the, I mean, the Celtics are making the right moves to be the contender in the East. I mean, who, who you got to run through now with Harden probably, you know, jumping ship to the Clippers. I mean, you really got to worry about the Bucks. What, what kind of offseason moves do the Bucks make that? You know I'm a big Giannis fan, but they uh, the moves they made kind of escaped my mind. I know they locked up uh, Chris Middleton and Lopez. Lopez, but did they make any other big splashes in free agency? Not to my knowledge. Um, yeah, not to my knowledge. So they're they're just kind of running their back with the team, kind of pulling up Pelicans, just running their back with who they got. Yeah, I mean if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean you know, and, and hey, they're one of those teams right. that's just gonna chalk it up to the um to well uh, we it was a fluke that we lost to the playoffs, you know. Um, they just can't run into the heat again. Yeah, I mean like I mean I'm like saying. <laughs> and like I said, let's be honest. Really, it's it's the West that you have to be concerned with this year. Um, I mean, just about every powerhouse is moving to the West. Damian Lillard's the only one that wants out. Um, Can you blame him? Uh no, no. And honestly, I mean, Miami is a very good destination for somebody like Dame. It. They just went to the finals. They have. Jimmy Butler pairing with another superstar. Um, at a bio, potentially, if they can get a trade done without involving him. Um, which, if 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 I'm the Heat, I'm not giving up at a bio to get another guard. I, I don't think they can afford to do that, really. Um, yeah, it would be interesting to see what happens with that trade, too. Yeah, I agree. If it even if it even comes about, because I mean, last I was seeing, I mean, they weren't even close to a trade. You know, obviously rumors are coming out that the Heat were offering, you know, this amazing you know flurry of picks, and it really was centered around Tyler Hero. And I mean, if you break it down, Damian Lillard for Tyler Hero, that's laughable. Um, oh, no. And I, I'm I'm uh, I'm under the impression I don't I don't really care for trading picks. Me, I don't think. Uh, Trading a proven player for picks is necessarily a smart move. I don't think that it's panned out for somebody like Sam Presti in, in Oklahoma City. I mean, he has a million first-round picks, and, I mean, they can't even make the playoffs. So at what, at what point do you say, hmm, it's kind of worthless? I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd rather go after a, a proven player like Dame and then, then get picks, and maybe that's the same thing that the Trailblazers think. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I'm with all that. It's just, um, 
Sorry, my uh, my dog was barking like crazy. I had to go take care of him. Um, so yeah, I guess that's that. Um, moving on. So that way we don't talk about this one dude's contract for the rest of the podcast. Moving on. Um, yeah, let's move on to another contract. Um, Saquon finally signed. Yeah, we just move on to the NFL in general. Uh, Saquon, yes, you know the running back strike holdout is over. The first running back cracks, and just like that. The foundation of the whole, um, you know, we deserve more. We're worth more. Uh, it's over just like that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean. Um, it, it's um, it was fun while it lasted. I think running backs kind of realized they need to get what they can get while they can get it. Uh, hate to say it, it's one of those positions on the field where, I mean, I don't care how good you are. You're only going to be productive for so long. Obviously, there's a couple of – you know, unicorns, outliers, however you want to call them. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. unfortunately, I mean, in the NFL, they, it's they not one of those positions. Beating. I mean, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you I think they, they probably take the worst beating for any position, really. I mean, when you're not running the ball, you're passing pass, pass pro. If you're not in pass pro, you're running a route, getting kind of shoved up on there. I mean, there's not a play that goes by that you're not. Not really taking any contact. Wears on your legs, definitely. I mean, making all those cuts and trying to churn for extra yards. It, and it, it's just a really brutal position to play in. And honestly, now, though, that Saquon has signed this, the other running backs, obviously, and, and, and Saquon included in this, but running backs still definitely hold their value higher than they're being paid. Um, so it'll be interesting to see the future of running backs in the league. Maybe a lot of running backs try to transition to more of a wide receiver type of role. Or, I mean, what's what's the future look like? Oh, that's a good question. I, like I was touching on earlier, really, unless you're a unicorn, you're really not that viable in the NFL. Hate to hate to say it, but that's just how it is. That's just the nature of the beast. At the end of the day, there's a thousand other guys, the same height, same weight that can run decent, uh, you know, around the same speed as you, you know, what makes you special. And uh, unfortunately for running backs, there's not much that just distinguishes them from the next running back. And that's why, you know, every draft there's like 50 running backs that go. And, you know, that's why some random, random guy from the third or fourth round will have a good year for out of nowhere. You know, I mean, it's just because, I mean, let's be honest here. You're as good as your own line. You're as good as your play caller. And I mean, it's just, just really, it's really just, it's, I hate, hate to say that running backs aren't special, but I mean, like I said, besides the selective view, they really, really aren't. And that's why they just get rotated so frequently. I mean, it's just, you know, all you really need is two or three contracts out of them and can figure it out. Hey, I will say that I think Saquon has the potential to be one of those backs. I don't think he's necessarily showed it thus far in his career. Um, but I mean, if you remember him at Penn State, man, he was—I mean, he was an animal at Penn State, um, receiving, running, returning punts, kickoffs—or not punts, but kickoffs. I mean, he was—he was electric at Penn State. So maybe we see that version of Saquon, and he opts for a big payday next year. Yeah, and I mean, he definitely shows flat. He's definitely shown a lot of flashes in the NFL too. It's just. Uh... I mean, like I said, like Saquon is one of those people, by the way. I mean, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't call him like a Derrick Henry, but he's definitely one of the running backs in the NFL. You know, whenever you say, oh, let's top five running backs in the NFL right now, you know, Saquon's probably one of the first ones you list off. Um, so, I mean, he's definitely he's definitely got that it factor. But once again, uh, he's been kind of riddled with injuries, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, Even, I mean, his first year, I think he – did he tear his ACL his first year? I, I know it was like – not career ender a um season and it feels like he's had like several season ending injuries. So I don't know why I get that feeling about him, but I just feel like I, I think, really see him. I think he's had a few ankle injuries, but I think he had one significant knee injury, maybe his first year, maybe his second year. I can't I can't recall off the top of my head. But um I mean yeah, that's definitely played a part in him not unlocking his full potential. I think it's still in there though. Yeah, 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 for sure. So um uh, overall my opinions, uh Saquon how much? Eleven million. Yep, one year, eleven million. Oh, uh, I mean, good for him. I think he he got a lot of money out of it. Um, Giants Giants made the right move, getting their guy locked down for another year. Um, I'm really not sure about the point of that because it's not their Super Bowl contenders or anything. But uh, for a guy who's such a such a beneficial player to their team. And their system they got going on, you know, it's definitely important to get the man, get the man his money. Um, you know, jury's still out. Jury's still out if he's going to stay or not. I don't know if we're going to have like another basically Dalvin Cook next year is going to be Saquon, but you know that remains to be seen. Yeah, um, I mean it makes sense for both sides, Giants. Uh, you say they're not contenders, but I think they think they're contenders. I mean, made the playoffs last year. <laughs> I don't think they're contenders either, but I think they do. They do think so. But uh, it makes sense for both sides. You get Saquon for another year if you're the Giants, and if you're Saquon, you get a year uh, as another contract year, so you get to, to prove your prove your worth for another year. And, I mean, eleven million dollars. I mean, that's. <laughs> Let's, let's be reasonable here. That's a lot of money to play football. I know we all say that running backs don't get paid, but I mean, $11 million is a lot. Yes, and some running backs get paid. Most of them do not. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's uh, good for Saquon. I say he got he got the money he was looking for, I guess. He um, seems like he compromised pretty fairly. And, um, you know, one-year contract leaves his options open for the uh, for seasons after this one. Yeah, no doubt. Well, let's move on to uh, another football player, Justin Herbert. Five years, $262.5 million. Not quite Jalen Brown money, but money indeed. And, uh, you know, once again, the uh, common denominator with all these players and all these teams, you know, with the new contracts is, you know, smart move on the Chargers. Uh, you know, this is a uh, this has been a good, good year for quarterbacks, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, without a doubt. And, I mean, five years from now, we'll look back on this deal and think they got a steal probably. Yeah. Without the quarterback market's gone. Yeah. Yes, most definitely. Most definitely. And, um, you know, who, who knows? Herbert may be the guy to be on a season two for quarterback in the Netflix special. Great show, by the way. I don't know if you've uh, if you've watched it. I haven't gotten around to watching it, no. But I believe it was, what, Kirk Cousins on there? Or no, Patrick Mahomes. I'm- Yes, both of them, yeah. and and Mariota. Who? No, Anyways, big, 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 big Marcus Mariota. 
But yeah, good on the Chargers though. Uh, locking them up five years. I mean, unless I don't know if he has a trade, no trade clause or what. Um, but I mean, you got him for another five years. I mean, he's shown that he's one of the great young talents in the league. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, people usually do the. Um... They kind of have the argument between Burr and Herbert. Who's the best? Who's the better quarterback? Um, I mean, I'll, you know, hate hate to hate to compare compare players, but um, you know, especially being a big LSU fan, it's uh, let's be honest, only only one of them is uh, going to be a serious contender for the MVP next year. And uh, granted, that has to do with the weapons around you. At the same time, um, you know, not to say the Chargers don't have any <laughs> any good weapons. I was about to say. <laughs> but, um, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, Bengals offense got talent at the Wazoo, Burrow. Uh, I mean, he's he's the man. Uh, granted, you know, I wouldn't say he has as much throw power as Herbert, but. I don't think that necessarily you know, makes an entire quarterback, though. I know a lot of people get infatuated with the arm strength and the deep ball ability, but. There's a, I mean, you know this. There's a lot more to, um, you know, really throw power only really matters. I feel like if you have a tall, speedy wide receiver, I mean, not necessarily even tall, just a speedy guy. I mean, look at Mahomes and Tyree Kill. I mean, Mahomes, he all he had to do is just you know throw it down the field, pretty much anywhere, just pass the coverage. That's all that mattered because he will go uh, catch up to it. I'm not saying the Chargers have a Tyree Kill on their team, but, um. To group to uh, go back to the uh, point at hand, yeah, uh, good for Justin Herbert. I think he definitely deserved that, deserved the money. Um, yeah, without a doubt. You know, I think I think he's going to continue to prove that he's a top quarterback in the NFL. And um, I'm sure I feel like once all these veterans are gone, I mean, who who are we going to have to look on? Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Jackson. I mean, so, we really already yes, see it. Thank um, you. I think Matt Ryan has retired now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, obviously, Philip Rivers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Uh, we're really seeing a new era of quarterback, and it's it's really exciting to see all these people that I grew up watching retiring. But a new era and some rivalries already being established. Maybe Mahomes Burrow or Mahomes Allen. Uh, Herbert still hasn't gotten that playoff win, but I, I suspect it's coming this year. Yeah, they definitely have the uh, the path to get there, and um, I think that's that's another reason why they tried why they had to lock their man down because um, they definitely they're definitely going to be some serious contenders oh, for years definitely. to come. Well, moving on. <laughs> We'll spend a little bit of time on this. It was just kind of a puzzling move made by the Saints today. But uh, signing Jimmy Graham, of all people, kind of seems like a retirement deal, though, one-year deal. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I've seen – if it was a true retirement deal, I've seen players sign a one-day deal before, you know, and, I mean, just that way they can get their – you know, say, hey, their last contract is with, you know, whatever team they're with. So, is Jimmy Graham actually going to be part of the Saints' production this year? That, you know – uh, remains, <laughs> remains, we'll see. Remains to be seen. <laughs> I, I mean, but, uh, obviously, it's we're not Obviously, we're not at practices. We don't see. Uh, is, has there been growth from Jawan Johnson? Has there been a regression there? Uh, what's going on with that? Uh, just kind of like I said, 
kind of a confusing move. Um, we'll, we'll see, though. Uh, Taysom Hill, what, what's he going to do? Is he going to play tight end? Is he still your gadget guy? What I mean, I, like I said, I don't know. We're not at practice. Um, just just kind of a weird, weird move. Uh, no, I don't think anybody saw it coming. Matter of fact, I think he flew down for a workout yesterday. I don't think it was even reported on. Yeah, no, because no one's heard that name in years. <laughs> he made the one-handed catch against the Saints in the playoffs when he was with the Bears, walked off the field, and legend has it, nobody's seen him since. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, we'll move on to a, a little bit more of a somber subject. Um, Bronny James uh, collapsing at a USC practice or workout, uh, went into cardiac arrest. You hate, hate, hate to hear that. Uh, really, really just made my heart drop. I mean, especially a young person like that, it really makes you think. Like, man, it, that those kind of issues really don't discriminate against age, race, any anything. Um, really, kind of, I don't want to say hits home because obviously, I mean, I'm not Brian James or closely involved with him, but I mean, being a young young male myself, uh, just kind of kind of scary that it can happen to somebody that's so active like that and uh i just want to say thank god that he he did it in you know in front of usc the usc training staff i mean who could you imagine how bad it would have been if he would have done it like in his sleep or something yeah, no, it's a um, all things considered. And uh, he, I mean, he was out of ICU pretty much before reports even started circulating that it happened. Um, you know, it happened Monday, July 24th, uh, I believe during the practice from what I was reading. And um, he's already out of ICU as of Tuesday morning. So uh, good for him. Um, you know, God was watching over him for sure. And our uh, thoughts and prayers are for the James family. I know this, um, I mean, that's got to be difficult. I, could, I couldn't imagine uh, hearing that about a family member. Um, and like you said, especially one that's active, you know, it just shows that no one's invincible, but on a brighter side, this also shows that at least, you no, know, this is, it's much more than sports. Uh, I, mean, I saw pretty much everyone on Twitter, whether, you know, there's obviously a lot of haters out there for LeBron James. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of him myself, but like I said, it's beyond that. At the end of the day, it's a, um, it's an athlete. It's a, uh, he's a son, a brother, a friend, to a lot of people, uh, closely watched. So um, it's just great news that he's okay. Um, scary, of course, but at the end of the day, he's all good to go. Um, you know, props to the USC training staff doing what they had to do to give him the proper care until he could get into more proper care. And I mean, such a quick turnaround because I know we saw the situation with Demar Hamlin last season in the NFL, and uh, I mean, er- everyone was scared to death for for quite a few days, it seemed like. Um, so, I mean, just there's such a quick turnaround for, uh, for Bronny, which is uh, great to hear. You know, obviously it helps to have youth on your side in the uh, body and God can do amazing things. No doubt. And yeah, uh, I know that the technology nowadays is, I mean, it's incredible. A guy I worked with, he had a heart attack on a Thursday and he was back at work Monday. He was at the hospital Saturday, so <laughs> it's crazy. like ninety-five percent blockage too. It's not; it wasn't just a minor heartache either. I mean, heart attack. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, and I mean, he showed me like they went in through his wrist, like a little pinhole almost, and I, it was the most incredible thing I've seen. So, 
Um, thank God that we have the technology that we have now. I know that those aren't always preventable. You can't see them coming ever, or sometimes I guess you can, but most of the time you can't. Um, but man, thank God that Bronny got the proper care he needed. Uh, I mean, hopefully he can continue his basketball career with, with no issues. I know mm-hmm. uh, Sharif O'Neal, Shaq's son, had some heart issues and while wow, he was at UCLA. And he's still able to play basketball. So hopefully we can we'll see that from, from Bronny, make a full recovery. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It reminds me of that uh, the uh, the guy from Florida, I'm not sure if he, if he collapsed because of heart issue. Not possibly. Oh, what? Keaton? Maybe. I don't know. He was I can't Kansas remember. I mean, it was during a game year. or something. Yeah, it was uh, the Florida-Florida State game, actually. Hmm. I think he yeah. he, he was playing at uh, Kansas State. He was part of their huge uh, tournament run this past year. Yes, I believe so. I believe so. Now that you say the name. Yeah, those, uh, those heart incidents really, really are terrifying. Um, like I said, like you said, thoughts and prayers of the James family. Uh, nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to uh, see anybody else go through that for a loved one, especially a child. Um, so doing what he loves, too. It's not like he was hurting anybody, wasn't doing any harm to anybody, just just doing something he loves and just really terrifying to them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, you know, once it just yeah, just to sum it all up, um, wrap this up here. It's um, just glad he's okay. And like I said, I, mean, I know, you know, I know. Obviously, the James family is going to get the best care they can possibly get, and uh, especially for his son of the family, they they care about him a lot. So I know, I know he's in good hands, and he'll probably make a speedy recovery. And I mean, he'll definitely he'll probably be playing this season, and like you know. It'll be newsy game whenever he plays his first game. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he's eating tacos for Taco Tuesday tonight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, know, Ron, don't mess around about that. (laughs) No doubt. So, well, we'll move on to something, I mean, totally different. So, Zach and I, uh, just while it's ramping up, I think we wanted to cover really a conference a week um, for college football, a Power 5 conference a week, I should say. Um, I think we'll, we might do the group of five as a whole, maybe towards the end, like closer to football season. However, I think we wanted to cover a Power Five conference each week. And today, I think we're going to do the Big Ten, um, what a lot of people are considering to be the best conference in football this year. And uh, Ooh. <laughs> it is kind of hard to argue with that. You know, I'm an LSU fan, um, SEC is always in the running for that, uh, if not definitely the best, um, usually up there. So it is it, – an argument can be made that they are the best conference. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And um, sure, you want to start with the West or the East? Or you want to know – I mean, do you have like a generic – hopefully you have it broken down by division. I don't know. Yeah, I do. If you so, do or not. Okay. So I'll just run through. I say start. With, I say start with East. I say start with East. Yes, yes. We'll save the the best for last. The East is the better one, huh? With Michigan, Ohio Should, State, um, Penn State. 
Oh, my bad. I thought they were the uh, West. Uh, no, they're the oh, East. Oh, yeah, no, they're, they're East. They're the East. Yep, they're the East. Yep. So, um, we'll, we'll start with the West then. Um, so, I'm just kind of... I'm just going to kind of quickly fly through the West because, like you said, the East is, is stacked, honestly. Um, and that's not taking anything away from any of the teams in the West. But, uh, for lack of a better phrase, I mean, some of them just really aren't interesting. <laughs> now, they do have a few very interesting teams, such as Wisconsin. Such as Northwestern. Nebraska. I mean, hey, um, Northwestern got a lot of news going on lately. I don't know what you're talking about. You want to talk about interesting. Northwestern is the team <laughs> in the Big Ten that is interesting. They certainly are that. Uh, some news. Coach uh, should have been head coach there. Some news coming out about Michigan, too, uh, yesterday. So. So I'll, I'll kind of cover some uh, – we'll, and Zach and I will talk about both of the um, – we'll both talk about all these teams together. But um, we'll start off this – is, this is just my predictions. Each team that I think is going to finish in order. So who I have one in the West is going to be Wisconsin. Um, I know they have a new coach in Luke Fickle, but I think Fickle's an incredible coach. And if you don't – if you're unfamiliar with Luke Fickle, he's been the coach of uh, University of Cincinnati. Um, and even brought the first group of five team to a playoff with Cincinnati. Um, just, I mean, he built a juggernaut at Cincinnati, if we're being honest, um, for a group of five team. I mean, they competed with power five teams week in, week out. Um, even Alabama that year, they, they really, I think they lost by 14. Could be wrong there. It might've been worse than that, but it really didn't feel like it was just a, complete blowout that game. Uh, it felt like Cincinnati, if they could get a big play, they they were in, in position to win that game. But uh, getting back to the subject at hand, they did lose some players to the transfer portal, including their quarterback, Graham Mertz, who transferred to Florida. Um, but I think they upgraded their quarterback, picking up Tanner Mordecai, who was the former quarterback of Oklahoma University and Southern Methodist University. Um yeah, I don't know if you remember those, Zach, but Tanner Mordecai was the quarterback under Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma. Um, and the year that Baker Mayfield left for the draft, he was actually in a quarterback competition with uh, Kyler Murray. Now, I don't think he was ever really in contention for the starting job, but um, and he was a solid quarterback at SMU last year through uh, for 3,524 passes, 33 touchdowns on 288 uh, completions on 443 attempts. Um uh, pretty pretty solid quarterback there. He does have power five experience, but being that he's been in a group of five on a group of five team and a group of five conference, um, albeit the probably the best group of five conference in the American Athletic, how does he project to a power five team? I, I think he's going to be okay though. I think he'll be pretty solid for, in what Wisconsin needs for year one under Fickle. Um, we'll see what they do from there on. Another player that I have an eye on for Wisconsin is Braylon Allen. Kind of their senior leader. He's their tailback. Uh, Ran for uh, 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns on 230 carries last year. Um, Let's see if he can build off of that and really become a dynamic running back like what we know Wisconsin has had in the past. You know, Wisconsin always has a stacked offensive line and a great running back. So he might be the – Next guy up. 
Yeah, no, I uh, I agree with you. And um, obviously, I think for Wisconsin to be, you know, I, I think they're going to win the West uh, most definitely. It's uh, I mean, the competition's Iowa, and you know, <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> their wide receivers need to step up. Um, and what little I know about college football, I can tell that the wide receivers are going to be the weak point of this offense. Um, I'm not really sure what scheme they run. Uh, I know they have a pretty good offensive coordinator. The staff overall is great. I mean, they're going to really, if you want to develop as a player, I think that's one of the colleges you want to go to. Yeah, um, especially as a blue lineman or running back. Okay. Yes. Yes. And, uh, which I mean, I think I think they're going to probably have one of the better running games in the country. If uh, um, do I dare say the best? Probably not, but um, we're definitely one of the better ones. Um, defense, defense. Uh, who's their? I'm not even going to try to say the dude's last name. Um, he's a linebacker. Uh, you know, what? I'll give it a shot. Uh, Maima Njangmeta. I think I butchered that. There's no way you got that right. No, but anyways, he's probably he's gonna be the best. Um, one of the, their uh, best defensive player. He's definitely gonna have to be their captain. Um, they got a lot, they got a lot of returning starters on their defense. Granted, you know the um, secondary doesn't really have that many re- uh, people returning, but front seven looking pretty solid. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, they, uh, defensively, they really didn't get gutted by the transfer portal like I think I thought mm-hmm. they would after losing their head coach. So, but moving on to Iowa, I do have Iowa finishing second in the West um, behind Wisconsin. Some uh, So, Iowa, not exactly known for their offensive abilities. Uh, definitely a defensive team and special teams type of team. Always have really been like that under Kirk Ferentz. I don't exactly know how to pronounce that, but they did get it. Michigan's backup quarterback, who actually led them through the playoffs two years ago, and Kate McNamara. McNamara, I'm sorry. Um, well, I wonder how he can do or how he performs under this Iowa uh, coaching staff. I mean, obviously, like I said, they're not much of an offensive team, but it seems like they always have a, a, a solid offensive line and a great tight end. I mean, George Kittle. Um, um Hawkinson, I mean, they, they, they have produced a lot of tight ends into the NFL. Um, not just average tight ends either. Very, very good tight ends. Yeah, um, I know you touched on it already. But, yes, defense is definitely not the weak point of that team. And um, it's not even like they don't have the talent on offense. I mean, obviously, you know, they don't have the most talent. In, in the NCAA, but I mean, I'd say as far as actual players are concerned, they really shouldn't have anything to worry about. It's just it's the, the actual production stinks. Like. Yes, it's 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 it amaze. If you wanted to be truly amazed by the you know the Thanks sport of college football with that, yes, but mm-hmm. I mean, just like the fact that college football can vary so much, you need to watch Iowa's offense because I mean. Talk about wasted talent. It's unbelievable. It, it, yes, you, you go to Iowa. Obviously, you know, the old, you know O line tight ends. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be you know at worst case scenario good. Um, and I mean I don't know. I think you know I think the go Cade coming in is gonna really help them a lot. I, I sure hope so. 
Uh, you know, I don't know. Now that I say it out loud, I'm not sure much can help that offense. No, I'm not either. Step uh, in the right direction, but I mean, I don't know. He's a good he had one of the worst offensive coordinators in the league. Yeah. Um, I say in the league, but you know, in the NCAA. Yeah. And then obviously that that performance output is not not pretty. I mean, I mean, let's be honest though. I, honestly, I, the coach might be on the hot seat this year. Uh, Iowa is a predominantly like a perennial challenger for the Big Ten. Um, I mean, you gotta wonder. They they have to be tired of subpar offensive play at this point. I mean, like I, like we've both talked about, they're so good defensively, but in this day and age, that only gets you so far. You have to be able to put up points, especially against the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Alabamas, the Georgias, and so on and so forth. You have to be able to score. If you can't score, you're not going to be successful. Right, yeah. I think time and time again, it's been proven, at least in the college, that you know, offense, your offensive play is going to outdo your defensive play. I don't care how good your defense is. If there's an offense that's just as good, that offense is going to win nine times out of ten. Yeah, you're even starting to see so. that in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It really don't it really don't matter, you know, how good your your system is or your coaches, your schemes. At the end of the day, um <laughs> if an offense is just power, just as powerful as it can be, then I mean you you really don't stand a chance as a defense. But with that being said, I think I was got it easy this year as far as their schedule is concerned. Yeah, I it's think, not terrible. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean I don't think I worst case scenario, I mean they lose four games, which is a pretty good worst-case scenario. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Iowa, I'd like to see more than four. I mean, less than four losses, but... Yes, absolutely. I got them I got them going nine and three. Um, I got them going nine and three with the... Uh, I got them losing their last game of the season to Nebraska, and obviously Penn State and Wisconsin are most likely going to be losses uh, playing both those games away. Um, Other than that, I mean, they really got an easy schedule. I mean, you may have a toss-up game against Iowa State, Mm toss-up game against mm, Minnesota, and that's about it. Yeah, so Minnesota is actually my third team in the the, uh, West. I really don't have much on Minnesota. Full disclosure, I really don't have much on the – the remaining four teams in the West just because I was focused so much on the East. I kind of ran out of time, if I'm being honest. Um, but Minnesota, P.J. Fleck's been there. He's a good head coach. Um, I, at some point, you, you want to see, if you're a Minnesota fan, you want to see them kind of get over the hump and win a Big Ten championship. Now, obviously, easier said than done with teams with Giants like Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State in your way on the other side. However, you don't have to play in their division. So if you win the West, which obviously your top three teams are more than capable of winning. So I think, like I said, Minnesota's finishing third in my predictions. However, that could easily be number one for them. Um, Although I will say they do start with a new quarterback for the first time in a long time. So we'll see how that goes. You want to try to say his last name? No. Fair enough. I'll give it a go. Um, yeah, uh, how do you even say his first name? Athen or Athen? No idea. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But uh, we'll go. We'll go. We'll go with Athen. Um, 
Calicomanus, Calicomanus, Calicomani, whatever. We'll we'll hear some announcements probably butcher along the way. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we the Southerners got some hard names that we think are easy to pronounce, but the Northerners are what in the world? What's a what's a what's a what's a typodox? Yeah, (laughs) but um. Once again, I think Minnesota. I got Minnesota going seven and five, uh, five and four in conference. Uh, I think they dropped games, dropped their games to North Carolina. At the end of the day, I think they dropped to Iowa and obviously Wisconsin. And then you know they play Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, so <laughs> good, yeah, fun. Good so yeah, I think those are their five losses to me. I think uh, they could easily turn two of those losses to wins. You know. Um, I think they have um, – unfortunately, they have a pretty tough schedule, though. I, I mean, the fact you have to play Michigan and Ohio State in the same season. Yeah, and you're not that, even in that, that, division. That, yeah, I know that really stinks. And then on top of that, yes, you have to play Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's just that's just tough luck. And then you play North Carolina away, I'm pretty sure. Um, North Carolina's got a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, for a team whose defense is not the selling point in Minnesota – you know, really, really sucks. It really sucks for you. Uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Nubin, Nubin. How do you know how to say his last nah, name? Nah, no idea. Yeah, um, pretty solid defensive back for them. But yeah, other than that, yeah, I, I got Minnesota third in my rankings too. Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota. Okay, so I have Nebraska at four for me. They're kind of an intriguing team for me. I would see Matt Rule comes from Carolina. Total flop in the NFL. Does he have a chip on his shoulder? I mean, he turned around Temple uh, very quickly when he was coaching in college. Um, we'll see if he has that in him again. Obviously, it's going to be tougher in the Big Ten. However, Nebraska is one of the most historical teams in the country. Um, let's see if he can make a difference year one. They do get a new quarterback after Casey Thompson hops on the transfer portal. I don't think he has – destination yet maybe they can get him back but um highly highly unlikely um and they were gutted by the transfer portal obviously losing their head coach um getting a new guy especially a guy like matt rule who wants to make an immediate difference i'm sure he processed some of those guys out um one guy they brought in is avery gilbert and if you're an lsu fan or a georgia fan you know exactly who this is one of the most highly rated tight ends to ever come out of high school, Gatorade Player of the Year in Georgia at a Marietta High School. I mean, this dude is a unicorn, an absolute freak of nature playing tight end. Got the speed to run with anybody, the size of a tight end. I mean, honestly, drawing comps to Kyle Pitts was was extremely credible. Like, dude looked like Kyle Pitts, but bigger. Um... <laughs> I mean, we'll see if he can unlock that potential and just stay on, really stay on the field because he's kind of had a hard time staying on the field the the past few years. Um, I think he's gone through some mental mental issues and thoughts and prayers go out to him. Hopefully, he can get all that taken care of. But um, yeah, I mean, hey, good luck to A. Reek. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I too have Nebraska at number four in my uh, for my Western ranks. Uh, yeah, I definitely think the coaching addition is going to help out a lot. Um, 
Yeah, I definitely think Matt Rule is going to help out a lot. Uh, I got Nebraska, obviously. You know, I got them. Lo- I got the losing to Minnesota. I got them also losing to Maryland, and then you know uh, they play. They play Michigan, Wisconsin. So I got them going seven and five, five and four in the conference, just like Minnesota, with definitely room to improve if they can find it. Yep. So I think. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's it for them. They could easily they could easily go five and seven though. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. But I kind of, yeah. I mean, they do have a tough schedule, but I do think they have a have a solid chance at uh, outperforming what people predict them. Oh, without a like. doubt, without a doubt. Um, the last three teams in the division, I'll just kind of run through: uh, Purdue, Illinois, Northwestern. I really don't want to take up too much time talking about these three teams. I hate to say it, no discredit to them, but. They're just not going to be good this year. Purdue's getting a new head coach. Um, Illinois has just never really been great. And, I mean, do I even have to say anything about Northwestern? Yes. Trouble. Don't go there. Fair enough. Um, you know, you uh, you say Illinois like they're a bad team. I got them fifth in my Western rankings. Uh, I think unfortunately they've they got cursed with a bad schedule this year. So I got I mean I got them going five and seven, but no to no discredit of their own. Every single game they're going to play in is going to be close, I believe, um, except maybe the Northwestern game and maybe the Indiana game. But every other every other game is going to be close. They could easily as I got them going five and seven. But I mean, just as I was saying for Nebraska. You know, vice versa for Illinois. I think they could they could possibly go five and seven if they somehow can like you know pull out a win against Kansas. Um, if they can maybe pull out a win against Nebraska. And mm. I mean, it's they're po- it's possible. Yeah, we'll see. So I mean, I I think I think Illinois got a decent decent team, and they're not. I don't think they're I horrible. Know, I just don't think they're. No, I mean, I mean, they got they got Jazan Newton, D lineman. Uh, I may have mispronounced his first name. I apologize, but uh, one of the best defensive linemen in the NCAA. Uh, that's that you just can't argue with that. They uh, got Seth Coleman, outside linebacker. He's pretty solid, and then their offense. I mean, their defense is going to be really good. Uh, offense. Um, hmm. Hmm. Grasping for straws here, Isaiah Williams. Wide receiver, he'll probably be the uh, the bright spot in that offense. Yeah. Granted, there's probably not going to be many bright, like shining bright moments for that offense this season. I don't no. think, especially, especially with the competition so. they play. Yeah. But yes, uh, Purdue Northwestern, I could give, I could give a crap about to be honest. So we can move on to the East, okay. the East if you like. So my number one team in the East, I know they've won it the last two years. Uh, Michigan, I mean they are stacked again. J.J. McCarthy coming back as their quarterback. Now, I will say this about J.J. McCarthy. Can he take another step in his game and be more of a playmaker instead of just a game manager? We'll see. I mean, he threw for 2,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, and only threw two interceptions last year. But I think that can absolutely be improved mm-hmm. with with the talent he has around him. And I, if – if I'm being honest, it really should be improved. Uh, you really like to yes. see that yardage go over 3,000, the touchdowns be over 30. The interceptions, obviously, is great. Two interceptions, he's keeping the ball on Michigan's side. And I know Jim Harbaugh's game plan is not to just air the ball out, but, I mean, 
2722 for the quarterback of the Michigan Wolverines, I don't think is acceptable this year. I think if they want to have a chance to beat a Georgia or an Alabama or a team like that, they have to be able to throw the ball better than that. Um, I'm not saying that's that's poor by any means because obviously it's 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 good. But um, man, if he can improve, though, could he be a Heisman dark horse? No, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, it's possible. And like you said, it's all about, you know, if he can just open it up, I mean, turn it up that next level. Uh, he's a great quarterback. He's he's a great quarterback. Um, mm, you know, not, not definitely not the best quarterback. He's, you know, he's not going to overtake Caleb Williams or, you know, I mean, any of these other, Drake May for number one quarterback in the nation. But granted, I mean, you're, you're in an offense that just has an amazing O-line and some – Pretty good weapons around you. <laughs> Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards. What a duo in the backfield. Mm-hmm. And then um, all-name team Cornelius Johnson. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> solid returning. Um, he's going to be your wide receiver one, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe I'm so. I'm not sure if he's – yeah, I'm not sure if he's Ronnie, like – Ronnie Bell would leave. Yes, and um, so, yes, and uh, I got – yes, I also have Michigan number one. I actually have them – Going undefeated. I do as well. Uh, Making so, I mean, the playoffs, I think, obviously. You know, yes, I think it's huge you play Ohio State at home. I think that's absolutely that's huge. huge. And I think I mean they they I think they're gonna blow through the first uh nine games of the season and then really the last three, really the last, you know, two out of the three, you got Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State. You should be able to beat Maryland, no questions asked. Oh, I think it's going to be a tighter game than most people are going to are going to think, though. Yeah. Um, but Penn State and Ohio State, obviously, your two top competitors, both in your same division. But I think you make. I, I think I don't know. I, I mean, I don't say they run away with those games, but I think at the end of the day, they're going undefeated. They've blown and, Ohio State up the last two years. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and there's there's obviously a reason for that. Yeah. But uh, it's just a better I'm team. Yeah. No, 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 the better team. And as a matter of fact, um, you know, here's a uh, bet responsibly moment. But I did put some money on them to win the championship this year. I think they had – I bet on them at a plus 1,000 to win the championship. National, uh, I'm not national sure what, or big oh, oh, no, national, national. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm checking the stats or the odds right now. They actually bumped up. I, I bet on them when they were plus 1,000. I don't know how long ago that was. Uh, but now they're plus eight fifty. So obviously, some people are jumping on that train. The odds are getting lower, and um, I'm about it. I'm about it. I think they make the playoffs, and I think they could easily make some noise in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. it's for the for the value alone. You know, all you really got to do is beat Georgia. Worst case scenario, I mean, hey, there's there's your national champions right there. I'm not saying they win the national champions. I'm just saying from a betting perspective, they are a hard team to pass up. Yeah, you know, throw some money on them, root for, root for them for the season, you know, because you know you're going to get hyped when they're the nine and zero and they start playing Penn State, and that's going to be a good game. By the way, that's going to be a good game. Yes, 100%. Um, <laughs> oh man, uh, especially you're playing at Penn State this year, I believe. Yes, man, actually, that's good. One note that I have on them is that they play most of the notable games. I have notable games, just some intriguing games for me, but. Nebraska, Minnesota, Michigan State, I, I think is an intriguing game because it's a rivalry game, mm-hmm. state game. It's always yes. good. And Penn State, all are away. The only notable game that I have at home for them is, of course, Ohio State. 
So it'll be interesting to see how they jump over that hurdle. Obviously, they're <laughs> rich with talent and mm-hmm. great coaching. So I think they'll be able to – obviously, I project them to go uh, 13-0 and make, make the playoffs. But, you know, that, that is something to keep an eye out for. But it's easy when you got somebody like Blake Corum and um, Donovan Edwards in the back in the backfield. I mean, that's the n- number one and the number nine ready running backs in college football. So right, <laughs> right, yeah, as a yeah, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's best, but that's 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 absolutely tough to pass up. Not to mention that you know you don't have the greatest defense you know in the country, but you don't really have a glaring weak spot no, in I, your defense. So I think that kind of helps. You know, yeah, I mean. Yeah, and they bring back two of the best defensive backs in college football, and Will Johnson and Rod Moore. Um, defense, not it's not terrible either. It's pretty darn good. It's not. I mean, obviously got touched up by TCU last year, but I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, expect them to come out with a chip on their shoulder this year, for sure. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So moving on to your number two team, I'm I'm well, assuming it's going to be. I did have go one ahead. more thing to say about Ohio State. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I mean, go not ahead. Ohio State, Michigan. Um, they did have some key losses, though. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Obviously, Cade McNamara. Um, just for some uh, depth at quarterback, losing him kind of hurts a little bit. Maybe if J.J. McCarthy gets hurt, I mean, that could really derail their season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maisie Smith, they're at the lineman edge, Mike Moores. He led Michigan and he ranked second in the Big Ten with seven and a half sacks in 2022. Cornerback DJ Turner, wide receiver Ronnie Bell, who had 14.3 yards per reception in 2022. He was definitely their deep threat guy. Just He was an incredible wide receiver. Their tight end Luke Schoonmaker, Schoonmaker, can't remember how to pronounce it, but he was a, he was a pretty legit tight end for him. And then – one thing that a lot of people kind of pass up on, but I, I did notice that they lost both their kicker and punter from last year's playoff team. Um, Jake Moody had been their kicker for for a few years, so it'll be interesting to see how they transition from honestly a pretty solid kicker to who knows. I don't even know who their kicker is this year, so we'll, we shall see. But, yeah, moving on to my number two team. So you said spoiler alert. That's kind of funny because they're not my number two team. My number two team is Penn State. Okay. <laughs> um, just I think there's a lot of question marks surrounding Ohio State, and obviously you got to be really careful when you when you drop Ohio State from even number one in the Big Ten to number three in their own division, but. There, there are certainly question marks. I mean, Ryan Day has not won in the playoff. He hasn't won a national championship, although every single – I saw the statistics today. Every single quarterback that he has coached at Ohio State has went in the first round. Or starting quarterbacks, of course, not backups. But it, it is – and with the, the, the wide receiver talent that they have, it is kind of concerning to me that they haven't won a national championship. I mean, they had – Jackson Smith and Jigba obviously hurt last year, but the year prior, and they could only get to the Rose Bowl um, with C.J. Stroud and Mike Ibuka. Um, I mean, they they had Chris Olave, they Garrett Wilson. They were loaded at wide receiver, 
and they have been ever since Ryan Day has been there, and they just cannot get over the hump of winning a national championship. And obviously one of the most prestigious universities in college football, Ohio State. Um, but I, I think Penn State's a little bit more proven this year. Um, I think they have a better quarterback in Drew Allor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he hasn't played, but he is a former five-star recruit. Um, I wasn't really high on Sean Clifford. I think he was good. He's he a game manager, but I think they really need a playmaker quarterback to take that next step in their program. Um, so he was the third-rated quarterback out of high school. So obviously highly touted. Everybody probably wanted him. Five-star, of course. Um, Penn State landed him. So let's see if he can be a playmaker. If he can be a playmaker, I think they they definitely beat Ohio State. Um, they have an unbelievable defense. They have Kalen King, Abdul Carter, Chop Robinson, Curtis Jacobs. Those are all guys in the top 100 uh, college football players put out by On Three Sports. If you're not a, uh, if you don't, if you're not familiar with On Three Sports, they are a recruiting and college football website, and they, I think they do a great job with ranking recruiting and transfer, keeping up the transfer portal and rating college current college players, all that kind of stuff. So if you if you haven't heard of it, I'd suggest checking it out if you want to cover college football a little bit more. But even on offense, they have one of the best left tackles in the in uh in college football and Olu Fashunu Fashanu. I'm not gonna lie, I probably butchered yeah, that. I'll say Fashanu. I'd go with Fashanu. That. And then Nick yeah, they, don't have, they don't have a single. They don't have a single easy last name on that offensive line. Actually, <laughs> no. Wallace and Wormley. But and then Nick Singleton at running back, um, the number three, thirty-three player rated player by on three in college football. He had uh, thousand fifty-six yards on one hundred fifty-six carries. That's six point eight yards per carries and twelve touchdowns last year. Um, so I think he could he could be poised for a huge year this year at Penn State. Um, now. I know I said they beat Ohio State. I will say that that game is away for them. Um, so it's going to be tough, obviously. But they do have a pretty simple schedule. They don't. They really don't play a whole lot of tough teams other than Ohio State and Michigan, obviously in division. So they kind of look up with that. So I think they I think they squeak by Ohio State in a one-score game. Now, they did lose their quarterback from last year. And the guy who was competing with Drew Allard for the quarterback spot this year, they lost the cornerback. But other than that, I think they, they kept pretty much their team intact. So, James Franklin, it's time for you to prove that you're worth the money that you made last year. He's 76, I mean, 78 and 36 at Penn State. So, time to time to prove it, man. Overall prediction, 11-1, lost to Michigan. They'll play in the Rose Bowl. I think I think that's fair. I um I have Ohio State going number two. Uh, their only loss being to Michigan. I got Penn State number three, uh, only losing to Michigan and Ohio State. Yes, Penn State's got it easy this year as far as their schedule is concerned. Uh, I mean, I really don't think they have a tough schedule at all. Granted, it sucks you have to play Ohio State and Michigan in the same same year, but oh well, that's just the cards you've been dealt with, and those are your two most difficult teams. Uh, I mean, you got to play Maryland. I think Maryland's going to be the third toughest team you play, which says a whole lot about their schedule. Mm. And um, 
But yeah, no, I don't I don't think they're gonna be able to get over the hump that is Ohio State. I think Ohio State's got a more talented roster. I think they got better staff. I I just don't Ohio State's got a proven track record. Um you may say Penn State's got a little bit more, I guess, experience this year, but also to jump on the point where you're saying Ohio State, I think they just got loads of talent. It's it's talent talent just means so much in college. And yeah, I mean, it was, but I mean and, Penn um, State's got some talent too now. Yeah, and I mean, I think that would definitely be a game to watch this year as Ohio State and Penn State because that's definitely going to determine two and three. But, you know, I think – It was a really competitive game last year. I know you, you're not a big college football fan, but uh, I do remember I think Ohio State pulled away towards the end. But if I remember correctly, it was a pretty competitive game. You look at the score. Mm-hmm. It was, of course, it, it was 44-31, and I think Ohio State got a strip sack and scored on a touchdown towards the end, a pick mm-hmm. six at the like towards the end. So, um, obviously a competitive game there, and we're losing by thirteen. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely see. And um, like I said, I mean, they like I said they're they're close, two and three definitely. Uh. Penn State, I think uh, – I, I don't even know if I'd say their offense or defense is better. I'd say – I mean, they're honestly pretty similar. I know it's, it's hard to compare, you know, apples and oranges. But if you want to, like, you know, what they always talk about a team strength, it's hard to say one way or the other which one, which one is going to be their, you know, strength or weakness this year. I'll say this and about Penn State. Defensively, they force a lot of tackles for loss. So a lot of times, the opponents behind the chains on second, third down. So that's one thing to look at. I would say that Penn State's strength is probably their their front seven on defense. Um, but we'll see how. Oh that yeah, goes. yeah, for sure. They got dude. They got so so solid edge players, solid linebackers. Uh, Maybe the best linebacker in Abdul Carter. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then, yeah, I think there's um, they definitely got a solid defense. Granted, you know, it's – I mean, I'm not sure what their schedule looked like last year, but, you know, I bet some of their stats are probably going to be inflated this year just because, I mean, you start out the schedule with West Virginia, Delaware, Illinois, and Iowa. That'll be a little bit tougher. And Northwestern and UMass. Well, mm-hmm. you know, heck, heck, heck of a first six games. You know, you're you're, you're definitely going to look like a powerhouse playing any of those teams. Um, <laughs> you look like an NFL team Ohio playing State. UMass, <laughs> right? And then, um, not to say Ohio State's got it hard or anything. I, I do think they got have a little bit more of a difficult schedule only because they play Notre Dame before they yes. have to play Penn State. But you know, um, that's, that's definitely going to be. They really potentially could lose to Notre Dame. I'm not a yeah. big Notre Dame fan, but I do remember specifically that game being very competitive the first game of the year last year. So we'll see. We'll see what uh, Ohio State – and I believe that game was in the horseshoe too, being at Ohio State when mm, I say that. Right. Yes. And um... – so, yeah, I definitely think as long as I mean, I got Ohio State going 11 1, Penn State uh, 10 and 2. Uh, I do believe Ohio State can pull it out against Notre Dame. And I think ultimately they pull, I think they, they probably win by two or more scores against Penn State, personally. I just think, you know, I, I really don't care how good, how good your defense is. 
and NCAA. I mean, that you know, an offense is just going to run right over it. Yeah. I mean, so, Marvin Harrison Jr., Amika Igbuka, Travion Henderson. <laughs> I mean, Julian Fleming's pretty good too. Julian Fleming's higher rated. He's been a bit disappointing in college, mm-hmm. but maybe we see a big jump from him this year. I don't know. Now, what do we see from Kyle McCord, though? That's the question. I think that's the – he's going to be what drives the offense, obviously, as a quarterback. Um, he's going to be a lot different than C.J. Stroud. He's not going to be able to throw in the run like C.J. Stroud. He loves the pocket when – he loses accuracy when he's when he's moved from his spot. And he's, The scouting reports that he has pretty much concrete feet. He doesn't like moving. So, we'll see if – Ryan Day can get him out of that or get him more comfortable throwing on the run because they did lose a lot mm-hmm. on their offensive line too. So expect there to be pressure, especially against Michigan. Michigan's got a nasty front seven. So right. we'll see how they do it there. All right, yeah. All right. Well, who who you got at number four for the East? Real quick, I just want to say how about Marvin Harrison Jr. last year, 77 catches. 1,263 yards and 14 touchdowns. Just an unbelievable player. Yeah, that's um pretty pretty insane. I mean, at the end, of, he's definitely going to be wide receiver one in the draft and probably wide receiver one in college football this year. Um, Better than his dad? Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, jury's there at Yeah, jury's still out on that. But, yes, he's definitely a Blitnikoff runner. Already, What's happened so, um, so number four, I do have Maryland. Um, so they don't have any players in the on in on three's top one hundred, but they do have Talia Tagabaloa. Um, I know if you're an SEC fan of any sort, you recognize that last name. Uh, yes, it is Tua's brother. He's a senior this year. Uh, he's. He's not bad. I know he probably doesn't get the rap that his brother does, and obviously he's not as good as his brother, but he is he's a solid, solid quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, he threw for 3,000 yards last year. Eight, only 18 touchdowns and eight interceptions. You'd like to see the touchdown number up a little bit and the, the interception number drop down a little bit. But if we remember two years ago, he had them in prime position to upset Ohio State. And for a team like Maryland, that's a that's a huge, huge deal. Um, Maryland should not be competing with Ohio State. And the fact that he was basically able to will them into that game and come within a two-point conversion of beating them is, is massive. Um, I think this year is make it or break it for Mike Loxley, though. He is 21-28 and 28 at Maryland. And they do have a pretty rough schedule. They play at, uh, versus Virginia at Michigan State, at Ohio State, versus Penn State, at Nebraska, and versus Michigan. Overall, I have them at 8-4 and four with losses to Ohio State, Penn State, Nebraska, and Michigan. Um, they did lose a lot of their wide receiver production last year with Jacob Copeland, the former transfer from Florida. And if you're an LSU fan, just cover your ears. They lost Rakeem Jarrett, um, obviously infamous for flipping the day of signing day after doubling down on his promise to go to LSU. Um, not a big fan of Rakeem for that reason, um, but he did 
he did make the jump to the NFL this year, and he was their leading receiver last year. So it'll be interesting to see how they reload at wide receiver. Right, and speaking of reloading, I know they got a couple transfers coming in. Um, Chambers and Prather, Prather. I don't know how you, how you say his last name, Katie but uh, some pretty solid. Yeah, some pretty solid transfers coming in, and then yesterday, uh, Olan, Olan, a uh, little. You know, you'd like to see a little bit more production out of them. That's probably that's definitely going to be the weak point of their offense. Yep. Uh, granted, with uh, talk of Aloha back there. I mean, I'm not sure you have much to be concerned about if, as long as he can get it out quick. Who cares? Um, defense, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, once again, could be better. Uh, I also have Maryland at number four. I have them going nine and three, only losing to. Uh, you know, you you said they have a tough schedule, and uh, they sure do because they have to play Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. But that's just how the dice roll. So there's your three losses right there. Yeah, I think they have a close game against Nebraska, close game against Michigan State. But if they can pull those two out, easy nine and three. I don't see Virginia as much of a threat. Um, I don't really see them as a threat at all. I don't think they're that great this year. I don't think um, they're gonna be great either. I just. I always like to uh, point out big Power Five conferences playing out of uh, like in the beginning of the year. Out of yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, definitely going to be an important game, but uh, you have an advantage playing them at home. And like I said, Virginia, I don't think is all of that. And you get two great tune-up games against Tau- uh, Towson and Char- Charlotte. Yeah. Absolutely. So, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, this will that'll be um, my second my second bet responsibly. Of the night of the day is uh, I have I had bet on Maryland to hit over their win total. Their win total was set at seven and a half. When let me see when I bet on it, I bet on it. I can't see July tenth. So well, about three weeks ago. No, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. So I bet on them over seven and a half. Their value right there. It was really good value, plus 134. Uh, the lines have moved tremendously. So I guess that's another thing people popped up on because I think it's uh, it's minus money now. It's, uh, you know, you got to bet to win. So uh, I think Maryland I think Maryland can easily get eight wins. I mean, like I said, I think they get nine wins this season. I mean, at the end of the day, if you, all you have to do is worry about close games between Michigan State and Nebraska. I think you could be one of them too. I mean, uh, so I think you, I think you get at least eight wins on the season. But yeah, I, def- I got them going nine and three and six and three in the conference. And going into Michigan State, um, first of all, coached by Mel Tucker, uh, hope he's thanking LSU for getting him a huge payday at Michigan State, so they could retain him after a good year. Um, I mean. Dude, LSU made you rich, and you don't even work for him. So props to you. But some players to watch from Michigan State: Darius Snow. He's easily their best pass defending linebacker. Um, with and with eighty seven tackles and which five and a half and tackles for loss in twenty twenty one. He's a pretty solid uh, just overall linebacker as well. Now he was injured in the first game of the season last year, so not. I mean, obviously no production last year, but we'll see if he can return to form from his 2021 self and even maybe improve himself. Um, Caton Hauser, he's a redshirt freshman. We'll see how he does. I mean, 
he's got to lead your offense. So we'll we'll see how that goes. And then Tunmon's had a lot. Let pronounce it, but he is a transfer defensive end from Texas A&M. He was a starter for the Aggies before injury, and if anybody watched the Aggies last year, they know their defense was certainly not an issue. Um, riddled with talent over there in College Station, as much as I hate to say it. Um, it's only, I think it's only a matter of time before they blow up, but um, I mean, in a good way for them, bad way for us, but um, it feels like they have a lot of project players on their team. Like um, nobody's just going to go out there and just be consistent week in and week out. It feels like there's a lot that you have to work with there. Um, they did lose their starting quarterback, Peyton Thorne. He transferred to, of all places, Auburn. And they lost their who was going to be their wide receiver one this year, and Keon Coleman, he did transfer to Florida State. Um, I know LSU was in hot pursuit of him as well, being that he is from Louisiana. But I, I think he was looking to be a wide receiver one, and I don't think he was going to get that with Malik Neighbors at LSU. Um, so that's going to kill – it's going to bite them in the butt this year, those two leaving. So I do have them going 6-6 six and six this year with losses to – they have another tough schedule with losses to Washington, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State, and Penn State. Uh, just tough for them, really. Yeah, most definitely. It's going to be tough for them. Um, you're a little bit higher up on them than I am. I do have them at number five, uh, only based on their conference play, not their overall record, because like you said, they have a tough schedule. It is what it is. Um, you know, Michigan State fans are going to be happy because they're going to start out 2-0. and then after that, yeah, <laughs> it's not going to be that great of a show. Um, I got them going four and eight, two and seven in the conference. Uh, I don't. I think they they basically beat Central Michigan, Richmond, they beat Rutgers, and they beat Indiana, and that's about it. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not. I think, I think they they lose they lose to Maryland. Uh, it's going to be close games. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like they had they have no shot. But at the end of the day, they're kind of. What Iowa's offense is, it's like they're the opposite on defense. Like they have some really solid talent on defense, but boy, do they suck. Um, offense, offense is going to be okay. I'll just say that okay, maybe a little less than okay. I'm not. I don't know. Whenever your staff is a subpar, you're going to get subpar production out of your players. So yeah, and like I said, unless you got Mel Tucker payday, I think he was. A little- not just a little overhyped, but a lot overhyped. Um, not sold on him as a head coach at all. Don't think he makes it past next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Michigan State's got some solid players, but no, I don't. I don't think they do that well this year. Uh, I said four and eight, two and seven, uh, fifth in the East. This is solely based on their conference play, because I do think my next team, Rutgers, uh, ranks six in my East rankings. I think. Um, even though they're going to have a better overall record than Michigan State, I don't think – I think they only win one game in a conference. Yeah, so my six and seven teams are Indiana and then Rutgers. I think both are just not – they're not good. They're bad. The Paul Spade, Spade, they're, they're two bad teams. Um, I do have them both going three and nine, Indiana finishing sixth in the Big Ten West East, and Rutgers finishing seventh. Um not, I'm not interested in spending a whole lot of time on them. I, I, 
they're just bad teams. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, offense for Rutgers. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about Indiana. I got Indiana seventh. I got them going two and ten, zero oh and nine, in conference play. I got Rutgers going five and seven, one and eight in conference play. Um, I think Rutgers got cursed with the schedule again, or else they may be a little bit better off. But at the same time, I don't know your your offense. I mean, is probably one of the worst offenses in the NCAA. Which you know, for if you're a Big Ten team, that kind of that kind of hurts to hear. Defense, on the other hand, I mean, you got some. You, they they get a lot of production out of their players who like aren't necessarily the best players, but they get they do get a lot of production out of them, uh, especially their pass defense. Now, once again, their schedule their schedule stinks. I do think they can go five and seven, eke out a fifth win somewhere along the way. I think more realistically, they can go. They go four and eight, but I think five and seven is a good ceiling, and I think that's where they finish. Indiana, not even going to talk about. Yep. So I think that covers the Big Ten. Um, yeah, I mean the the normal people up at the top, the normal <laughs> people at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I was about to say. I mean, potentially the best conference in college football this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, obviously you have your bottom feeders, but then other than that, once you get past that, it's going to be some solid. I think there's four or five teams in each division that are going to be very competitive. Um, East, I think you have about four teams. I think you draw the line between Maryland and Michigan State. And then the West is going to be a little bit more well-rounded. Um, granted, you still have your bottom feeders. Draw the line between Illinois and Nebraska um, for me. And um, – yeah, it's going to be a fun, fun conference to keep up with this year. Uh, some, you know, some really solid players. You're going to see a lot of NFL caliber talent come out of all of these schools. Most of these schools, sorry. And um, you should see definitely a lot of fun games. You know, you're going to be hearing a lot of, um, you know, maybe get some college game days out there and, you know, some of these schools. And you're definitely going to be hearing, you know, like, oh, game of the week, tune in, you know, for these schools. And, um, the game is going to be huge as always. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. You know, like I said, I hate to say it for the SEC, but yes, they may, they they may have gotten eked out by the Big Ten this year for the best conference. But we'll see. We'll see how their play goes. But I am high up on most of these Big Ten teams. Yeah, I am as well. And I'm kind of low on some some SEC teams, such as Alabama. Uh, or no, I shouldn't say low, but lower than. Usual. Lower than yeah, lower than what we do. What we've become used to Alabama being Correct. for the first time in forever. They have. I mean, they, what, what are they going to do a quarterback? <laughs> I mean, I can't. I cannot believe you're saying that about an Alabama team. You know what I can't believe is what our backup quarterback at LSU is better than anybody that Alabama has. I cannot believe that I'm saying that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know this is something. I mean, really, every NFL draft you hear. Blah, blah, blah. Quarterback, Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I'm probably in the first round, you know, and like, or two. Uh, I mean, they've had, like, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, and Mac Jones, and then Bryce Young. Golly, that's just a, a gone of quarterbacks. Yeah, that's, that's, just, that's just silly to think of. And then, of course, the wide receiver talent that they always have. They're just like Ohio State in a sense. But that's another thing. They, they're kind of low on wide receiver talent this year again. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
we'll see how they develop those pass catchers. I think Nick Saban's obviously going to do a great job over there, per usual. Um, I think they're going to be all right, but I am not as high as them as I usually am. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll save all the uh, detailed talk for another day. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, with, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. That's gives uh, gives people something to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. But, all right, guys. Well, that was the easy peasy show. That was our first true total show. Um, please join us again Friday for some breakdown. Friday, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. We're going to have to have some UFC talk, the biggest pay-per-view of the year. I'm excited. Oh, man, I can't wait. I've been looking forward to this ever since they announced the card, and I saw it all in one picture, and I I could not believe it. My jaw was on the floor how good this card is going to be. I'm going to have some some betting tips for you all out there. I'm going to give you all my predictions for the main card. Maybe some, um, you know, prelims to look out for. I think overall this card's just stacked. I mean, yeah. top to bottom. It's it's rare you find even prelims that will probably be just as entertaining as the main card. And, I mean, you know, yeah, I always post Twitter. You know, he's like, oh, you you don't know now you know. I mean, it really is true this this, this Saturday. So, um, you know, be there, be square. Be sure to buy the pay-per-view if you can or illegally stream it. I really don't care what you do. Do what you can to watch it. It's um, it's gonna be some bangers, and we'll talk about that more on Friday. And uh, oh, by the way, if any of you listeners out there agree or disagree with our takes on the Big Ten, please let us know. Go to our Twitter account, you know, add us, call us idiots, call us geniuses. We don't care. We'll argue with you either way, even if you agree with us. <laughs> it's um, that's the beauty about this. We definitely want to hear you guys' feedback. So I mean, obviously, me and Peyton don't agree on some of these things. So especially. You know, uh, what, what, we were torn on number two for the East between Ohio State and Penn State. Yes. So I say torn. You weren't torn, neither were I. But obviously, we kind of if our brain was put together. We were torn. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. So yeah, be uh, yeah, be sure to hit us up. Let us know what you think, and um, we'll definitely we'll definitely engage in some conversations if that's what you're all looking forward to. Well. Hope everybody has a great day. Yes, absolutely. Thank you all.